You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tajan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. Use code EMPIRE20 at checkout to save 20% off. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, right here on the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. And today, we're going to be talking with Rick Hall. Rick is a Southern outdoorsman. A southern gentleman of sorts and uh, today we are going to be talking about must-have products pieces of hunting gear pieces of equipment for the southern outdoorsman and uh, we just break that down I I don't hunt in the south so I know a lot of guys who listen to this podcast are from the south and so I, I wanted to dedicate an episode specifically for the guys who grinded out hard down in the, the south all season long and, and uh, that's what today's episode is about. We're going to keep the intro short so we're going to get right into the commercials here today. If you're looking for a saddle you need to go check out the Tethered Nation. Uh, go check out Tethered's website. Not only do they have an awesome selection of saddles, platforms, climbing sticks, and saddle hunting accessories. The the thing that makes, that complements their products very well is their educational platform. All the videos, all the content dedicated to making you comfortable with their products and you better as a saddle hunter in general. So definitely go check out uh, Tethered's website, their YouTube channel, all that stuff. I think they might even have a podcast. Um, next on the list is hunt stand. And, you know, now that I think about this, I really do think that hunt stand would be a great Christmas gift idea for a brand new hunter, a seasoned hunter, uh, a hardcore hunter, uh, a weekend warrior type hunter. Uh, it, it just gives you the functionality to research the properties that you hunt and not just 
on a who owns it, what are the property boundaries like. It also gives you the ability to document everything that you see, organize your trail camera pictures, know what the weather is, look at the terrain features in a variety of different maps. Uh, on you know map layers so what I'm gonna recommend is go to huntstand.com check out all the functionality and if you do already have huntstand think about upgrading to the pro whitetail platform uh, tons of really cool things uh, that have just been released on that new platform that uh, some serious whitetail hunters would love to go take a look at so uh, huntstand.com and last but not least if you're the kind of guy who loves to document your 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 hunts uh, you like to see what you shoot that way you can see where the shot placement was at you can share the what you saw with your buddies and with your friends go check out tacticam uh, tacticam is has a variety of mounting systems for your bow your gun i think they even, even have stuff for fishing stuff you can hang in the tree like over the shoulder type uh over the shoulder type things and so what I would do is go to their website, check out all of the, the different products that they have. They have a brand new product called the 6.0, and it has uh, image stabilization. It has an LCD screen. It's 4K, so it's, uh, it is the cat's pajama of action cams for the outdoorsmen. So go check that out. And that's it. Let's get into today's episode, my friends. Three, two, one. All right. On the podcast today, Mr. Rick Hall. Rick, how are we doing today? Doing good, Dan. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. And before we started recording, we were just talking about the differences between where you're located and where <laughs> I'm located. And because uh, I had to shut off a space heater in my office before I record. And it's like, ah, it's 20 degrees out here right now. I think the high today is supposed to get uh, mid 30s or something like that, low 30s. But you're where? North, you said Northeast Florida? Northeast Florida, Jacksonville. Yeah. And, uh, we hit 82 yesterday and, uh, expecting to be same in, in the same vicinity today. I was actually worried about you hearing my fan in the background. There's no heaters here. <laughs> Your air conditioning kicking in. For sure. Now let me ask you, okay. So you, how far is Jacksonville from the coast? Um, really, uh, and man, Jacksonville is a huge city. So yeah. you can be in Jacksonville and be an hour away from, from, uh, another piece of town. But, um, we're right on the coast. I live kind of um, kind of really central Jacks, uh, and uh, I'm I'm probably 15, 20 minute drive from the beach. We do that that pretty regular, man. I'm uh, I wasn't a beach guy until I moved here. I'm originally from Alabama, um, so wasn't huge into the beach. The sand always kind of gave me the, the 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 creeps afterwards, trying to clean all that stuff out of everywhere. But now I I love the beach. It's uh, it's one of the coolest things about living over here. You embrace it. I do. I'm. Uh, I can go from uh, from board shorts to to hunting boots in a, in a matter of minutes, man. I I love it. Yeah. So don't take this the don't take this the wrong way. But I was talking to another guy, uh, there another guy um, who lives in Florida, and he was talking about how you know you have the big cities like Fort Lauderdale, we have uh, Tampa, we have uh, Miami. So people don't think that there's like Florida is considered a Southern state and that there's not any rednecks down there in no. Flor in Florida. <laughs> but he goes, that's where people are wrong. There are a lot of rednecks in Florida. 
I thought I thought the same thing, man. You know, who wanted to be Florida man, right? When I moved from from Alabama, but right. it, it it didn't take long for it to feel like home. I come from really rural Alabama, so full of rednecks, yeah. man. And, and no no offense taken, man. I probably wear that badge sometimes, right? Um, but but I, it, it didn't take long to settle in because there is a lot of a lot of good country folk. A lot of uh, while it's still like you said, it's getting developed. You think of the cities, man. It's still a lot of old Florida, a lot of good families, a lot of uh you know the 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 outdoors are still a a part of the fabric of of most of the state so um yeah rednecks run run free and wild here for sure yeah i'll tell you this rednecks are like white-tailed deer they're everywhere (laughs) right i mean they They are they are they're they're in iowa too i've been fortunate to travel over i've run into uh people of of light blood over the country so redneck run deep and it's uh Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So on today's episode, we are going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about must have products for the Southern, for the Southern outdoorsman, the Southern hunter. And, uh, so my buddy Parker McDonald, he, he has a, uh, the Southern ground podcast here on the sportsman's empire network, but, and he, he talks a lot about, you know, the, all things hunting down south, and you also have a, a podcast as well, right? Yeah, uh, I co-host a podcast, Southern Game and Tackle, uh, with a good friend of mine from right here in Jacksonville, Dex Carter. Uh, we kind of it kind of started out of us just just hanging out in the uh, the driveway, right, talking about the the hunting and fishing trips we had gone on, the the stuff we wanted to do, and um, it happened right in the middle of uh, kind of the lockdown in 2020 when everything was crazy. So instead of just talking amongst ourselves we decided to get a mic and man it's been it's been really cool i've got the opportunity to talk to to people like parker um had him him on our podcast uh he's a fellow alabama boy so uh, we share a lot of uh, common interests you know and uh growing up you know just wanting to outdoors has been you know my life since i was a little kid i i remember watching all the 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 vhs's of monster bucks and primetime bucks and all that stuff man and so to kind of to have a, a a small platform where where people might listen to men, even if they don't, just to get to talk talk about the stuff and talk to people like you about it. It's uh, it's been really cool, man. Yeah, and and I don't know how many guys that I talk to who start podcasts where it's just, hey, uh, we're sitting here doing this anyway. Why not record it? Exactly. That uh, we had that same conversation, man. And really, it took us a long time to kind of come up with the name before we ever really really started it. I mean, we've actually got some. Uh, stuff that'll probably never hit the air under some different names as we were trying to fill our way out. And one night, you know, we were trying to encompass everything because we're not just, uh, I'm hunting. I mean, if it was me, it, I would only talk hunting all the time, man. I love to fish. I love, um, I love being on the water for sure, but I, I was born in the woods and that's my thing. But being here in Northeast Florida, man, and we were talking about the coast and all that stuff, right? It's um the the opportunity to fish is you just be ignorant as an outdoorsman not to do it. And uh, a lot of our you know audience is from this area, so we do talk a lot of fishing. But um you're right. I mean we, we talk about it anyway in, in most of our most of our circles. Why not why not just sit down and talk about it? And honestly man it, it's pushed me in um, and taught me a lot, right? As I have to listen to myself, it yeah. kind of holds you accountable, right? Right? I, I don't. We don't profess to be experts by any means. We're more about the experience and the enjoyment. Yeah. Um, we're we're not chasing this full time. We've got full time families, full time jobs, those things too. But um, 
you know, it, it has helped me become better, more aggressive, more try different things, um, really expand kind of what I thought was hunting, um, you know, maybe 10 years ago versus the way I'm, I'm kind of approaching things now. So it's yeah. it's really cool. And, and you know, whether anybody listens to you or not, and if, if you're thinking about it and out there, why not try it? It's, it's pretty easy to grab a mic and go. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Let's talk about some must-have products for the southern outdoorsman the southern hunter and i want to i want to kind of encompass it all we're going to leave fishing out of it but anything yep. that has to do with throughout the entire year i want to put the constraints on it um there's not I, I guess there's not a lot of constraints you can talk about deer hunting you can talk about turkey hunting you can talk about squirrel hunting i don't care um just from your position Talk to us a little bit. Let's just start off with one. What's the first must-have product for a Southern Outdoorsman? Well, this won't be breaking any news. You're going to get this from a lot of guys from the South, but a thermocell. Yes. That is, um, yeah, you're just not going to go in the woods or on the water, really, honestly, a lot of times without something like that. I mean, man, I've hunted places in in kind of the South Georgia uh, swampy areas and some of these kind of coastal plains that, that, that have, um, you know, a lot of just uh, – marshes and things like that where where one is not enough man you you, you need two in a head net a lot of times yeah. um but thermocells number one for sure we we also use kind of uh on the same lines um some some promethean type treatments on our clothes and yeah. and anything we can do because uh it can be bad one day of scouting or one day where you don't take take really good care of yourself walking through some of this thick stuff you're gonna have um, you know, red bugs, chiggers uh, for weeks yeah. from one day if you don't really kind of watch it. So I guess bug control, whether it's thermocell, whether it's some kind of treated clothing, man, that is for the South from Alabama, Georgia to Florida. I think that's number one or you're going to be miserable and it just won't be fun. Yeah. I've, I've talked to a lot of guys in the South who forgetting their thermocell is just like forgetting your bow or your gun. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's that, it, it's that much of a hindrance, right? Like it is. I, I have to yeah, have it or it's not gonna, I'm not going to be able to survive it. Yeah. Here, here where I'm at in, in Jacksonville, um, you know, our deer season, our archery season opens, you know, middle of September. And I mean, you literally have to get yourself psyched up to get out of the truck sometimes because you know, right before daylight, the second you open that truck and the lights come on inside, you're, you're just going to get swarmed, man. And you spend the, the rest of the day getting the bugs out. So it's a, it, it's really weird. I, I mean, it's, uh, I, I was just in Illinois a couple of weeks ago hunting and it was rather warm. It was kind of the end of October, first of November when uh, some of that warm spell was there. And uh, I remember not having my thermocell and thinking, walking in like 70 degrees, I'm going to need this thing today. And I didn't. And I was like, man, I would have been eaten alive back home if I'd not had it. It was nice to, to not have it. That is such a big concern in a different part of the country. Yeah. Now I'm lucky unless it is a, a wet and warm like, like October 1st is when Iowa opens up their deer hunting season. Um, so, yes, in turkey season, it's uh, I, I have to fight some mosquitoes every once in a while. Usually in the mornings, you know, the, the season that I go, it's not too bad. But as you get later into the season and things start to warm up, especially if there's moisture, then it's mosquito haven. But this is a true story, man. I, I once went on a scouting mission in July uh in a river bottom that it had been wet and rainy for you know the week prior and have you ever been walking through on these waist high grass and you're 
your path is just kicking up mosquitoes on on the grass, right? It's just like, it's like dust on a road, right? You're walking through, it disrupts them and they all fly up. Nothing you can do. Nothing you can do about it. And so, man, that day, you know, I didn't have a thermosol and I was out scouting and hanging trail cameras and I got stung by so many mosquitoes. I started feeling unwell. It'll make you question your sanity. Oh, man. Oh, oh, man. And I was just like, uh, to the point where I took, I took a handful of mud and I put it on, (laughs) I put it on the back of my neck. Because they were biting the there. back of my neck so bad. Yeah, so. yeah, man. It's uh, it, it can be miserable, man. We do it for fun, and so <laughs> yeah, for for that kind of stuff, like I said, it'll make you question your sanity and really why I'm out here. So that is the biggest key, man. That uh, especially for here, you're yeah. not. I mean, I hunt. Uh, I typically really only hunt Florida, and I'll try not to go too far down a rabbit hole. But you know, with everything we've got going on, just in in our normal lives, we kind of try to limit our hunts when uh, we don't just hunt here kind of i do a lot of hunting in alabama um like i said I'm, I've, I've been to illinois and i try to schedule all of my hunts around the rut mm-hmm. and in in the south that's like can be from really from july to february depending on what part of the the state or, or, or what part of the, the the region you're hunting um we we typically start in september here and kind of run that through october until we make our trip to the midwest wherever that's going to be for the year and then really kind of pick back up when Alabama starts and our, the region I hunt kind of starts in January. But then we end the season in February uh, back in Florida on a rut hunt and, and the, the kind of panhandle out in the west side of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much every rut hunt that is in the south minus the, the, the Midwest, the thermosel is going to be in my backpacker, in my um, kind of kit that I'm carrying wherever I'm going uh, because it can, you know, at 50 degrees – uh, here in the South, you're still going to have problems with them. Yeah, that's a fact. Thermosel, must-have product for the Southern outdoors. Key, uh, key. Key. All right, so next on your list, what's another one? Yeah, for me, is is probably um, like the, the, I guess the clothes, man, the the the, the apparel, right? The uh, You kind of have to be ready for a lot of different situations. Um, and, and I think layering has been the, the, the biggest thing for me. And kind of to, to piggyback off of it, like sometimes here, um, if you're talking about the deep South, when early season can be really hot, really humid, um, man, sometimes you, you kind of have to throw scent control out of the window, right? Because you're, you're sweating everywhere you're going. I don't care what they say about the thermocells, right? It, it puts off a scent. Um, so if, it can be very difficult to really manage scent control. So uh, being able to layer and kind of manage your, your sweat is kind of the way I look at my, my kind of clothing. I, I kind of start a lot of times, man, I'm walking into the woods in, in a short sleeve shirt, um, right. A, a very short sleeve or a short sleeve base layer with my, my outer layer that I'm going to put on when I get to the stand, um, finding the, the lightest weight pants, that have some kind of brush resistance is going to be key um, because everything here has got briars. Everything here has got burrs. Um, and and the thinner you go, I, I used to try to hunt in just a bug suit and, and a, a pair of base layers until um, a couple of briar patches ended that. So you do have to put up with a little bit of a, a little bit of heat to get into some of the places we like to go. Um, but just making sure that you're prepared for, um, right, a walk in and 90 degree temperature, being able to maybe change clothes when you get there, but having 
clothes that can keep you comfortable and keep you protected um, kind of the, the entire time is is probably this the, what I pay attention to the most yeah. right is 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 what am I going to be wearing um, and and how do I kind of manage that throughout the season throughout a weekend sometimes here we can go from 90 to, to 60 and 60 degrees here doesn't sound like a big drop, but people start putting on Ugg boots and hoodies when it gets below, below 80 here. Right. Um, right. So you, you kind of have to do be prepared to have that, that option um, or those options as the weather changes. Yeah. I'll say this, man. I, I used to live in Alabama uh, in a, t- a small town called, called Hartzell, just South of Decatur, okay. uh, South of Decatur. And I worked in, uh, Decatur and so and so I remember out of the the one time I uh, when I was down there the one winter it snowed it snowed I want to say it was like 35 degrees or 32 like just right at yeah, right enough freezing, for yeah. snow and they layer like uh they it was enough to just cover the grass and the roads and they they shut down everything, and people were like, "Don't go outside." That's right. <laughs> it freaks about man. Right. We you even talk about a, a wintry mix here, yeah. and they are shutting schools down. Nobody knows how to deal with it here. Right. We can barely drive in the rain, man. Don't don't give us any ice. <laughs> and here I am driving fifty on it. You know, and I'm it just. Uh, uh, it is it is a little different yeah. when I. Um, and, and one of the the last times that I was in, uh, um, the, I, I've been to Illinois two trips this year, uh, a longer one and then a quick short one. And the second one, um, it actually snowed the first night I was there and um, was kind of like, 20, I think, 21, 22 when I woke up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was terrified of it. But, it, you know, with the right system, with the right clothes, I was able to deal with it. I, I can honestly say, though, if it was 22 degrees here, I don't know that I would be real excited about going hunting. Right. Um, it just feels like a different cold. It gets in the 40s here, and um, I, I, I do start shivering a little bit where up there, um, and, you know, I'm not – I'm actually leaving a layer maybe back at the house that I wouldn't I would normally take. Right. Okay, so – um, you talk about these layers. Are there any specific layers that you that you would recommend? Like, for example, a base layer or an insulation layer or a rain jacket or whatever. So the, I'll, I'll say kind of three quick ones here. Number one is I have become a huge fan of, of like a merino yep. wool long sleeve layer. Yep. Um, sometimes they can they can be. Um, a little warm for here, but but once you really get out of that 90s, um, out of kind of that first month of the season, and we go again from September to February, I'll be I'll be hunting here. But that you you can put one of those lightweight merino layers on and kind of leave it on all day, whether you're active or sitting in a stand. It just just seems to be a really good um, a really good ba- uh, kind of first layer there. And I, I'm not particular to any brand there. Um, just, uh, if, if you get a good one, I think that Merino wool lightweight layer is really good, especially on top. Um, just seems to wick stuff away really good. Yeah. Um, the second is a vest, man. I've become a huge fan, a, a huge fan of, 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 just packing a vest in with me. Um, for sometimes when those kind of mid temperature days where you're not sure if it's going to be an extra layer or am I going to have one, one layer too many, Man, um, just a good vest that you can pack. They pack up easy. Um, if you got sleeves on and it's not terribly cold, I can I can generally put one of those on, and uh, and make it through you know any sit that I'm kind of on the border of of how much because I always like to, to to wear less if I can get away with it. And and I've over the past couple of years a good 
a good insulated vest um, goes a long way. Keeps you kind of mobile. I, I like I'm, I'm a bow hunter and saddle hunter, so I, I need to be, I like to be able to move freely. Um, and and a vest has become kind of a key staple of my, my my system. And then the third is certainly some kind of packable rain jacket. Um, I keep. Uh, we have a lot of thunderstorms that just pop up here on the coast. Yep. Um, you can go from beautiful to raining in, in a matter of seconds. And uh, I, I just keep a poncho, just, um, you know, something I can pack up really light uh, in the bottom of my bag just in case I ever need it. And and I have needed it more times than not. So always happy that I have that thing in there. Yeah. Um, here's what I found out when I go out uh, in September, right? I hunted Nebraska this year. And there were a couple days where it was, I mean, it was brutally hot. And when I'm in, when I'm in the Midwest and I'm, I'm, it's, it's hot, it's early season. Maybe I'm, I'm a, I'm doing a scouting or a trail camera day. I'm, I'm changing up my game and I'm wearing a synthetic and I feel that the synthetics give me a cooler feeling. I don't necessarily think it wicks the moisture away like the uh like the merino does but what that does is i feel like the the synthetic just allows the sweat to stay not be gross but you know what i mean like not gross but uh but it helps cool the body down a thousand percent and when i'm in you know when we're in those hot temperatures that's exactly what i wear is i try to find some some sort of synthetic um long sleeve i I prefer something with a hood on it so i don't have to wear a hat i can just kind of use that light hood to throw over my head if i need to um when when it's real hot like that but i I a thousand percent agree i've got some really good synthetic um pullovers that i wear early season when when those temperatures are, are hot and i it does tend to make um, make those those days a little bit more um, a, a, a little bit more tolerable. That merino is too warm for those hot hunts, but for yep. the majority of the season, um, I can I can typically typically get away with that. Yep, absolutely. All right, and any other pieces of clothing that you would say are must haves for the the southern guy? Man, I'll tell you one real quick, and and it's around boots and and not typical just make sure you have comfortable footwear and, but kind of is um but man you know everybody down here at the south wants to wear um you know tall uh rubber boots yep. um man one of the things that i have found that's been and those things can get really hot one of the things that i found that has been kind of life-changing over the past two years especially for where i hunt in northeast florida and i don't typically carry these to all the spots i hunt um, I guess it kind of depends on the terrain, but I've, I've, I've started carrying a pair of really light um, uh, hip waders. They're made by frog tog actually. Yep. And they're just uh, really light hip waders that you can roll down and not wear, um, you know, fully pulled up. A lot of the stuff we have um, is, is flooded and you don't know it until you get there or you shoot a deer and then it runs into something flooded that you need to get access to, but you don't have it, man. I can put those, those roll up waders on and wear them all day long. Um, they're, they're pretty comfortable. I've walked four or five miles scouting in them, you know, in a day. So I'm not concerned about that. I've sat in a saddle, you know, on a saddle platform with them for hours on end and no issue. And they give me the kind of the flexibility to whether I need to, to, to get into something wet or not, I'm always prepared without any extra bulk or any extra heat. So, you know, a good pair of hip waders can go a long way and not be as uncomfortable you know, or or hot as you think they've been, they've been really good for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, there's, there's a couple places where I could 
benefit from a, a tall rubber boot or hip waders, but I just, I try to find my way uh, out of those situations. Most of the time I'm wearing hiking boots, right? Something light, something yeah. comfortable for sure. Um, but I do most early season here. We hunt a lot of public land um, that we're drawing quotas for man. Pretty much in September, everything's going to be underwater. Um, yeah. And so you do have to, you got to be prepared for it. Yeah. All right. All right. So we talked a little bit about clothing, the hip waders, uh, another product. Um, Man, something, and honestly, this is just something that I've really started doing over the past really three or four, maybe five years, I guess. But um, it was always kind of a stigma in the South, like calls don't work. Um, but I, I, I would call BS on that after kind of what I've seen the past several years. One of the the last really good deer I killed in Alabama, um, I rattled him in at two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and, and I started, um, you know, really like growing up, everybody like, no, that rattling and, and, and calling you only, that only works where those guys are hunting on TV. It doesn't work here. Um, and th- there was probably some truth to that when, when I was coming up and our popu- deer population was way out of the ratio was out of control. Um, and, and it certainly gotten better through, um, both the state and, um, you know, kind of private land management practices, but it, it, you know, it's still not Illinois. It's still not Texas, um, where, where, you know, it's not Iowa. Um, and and so you don't expect those things to work, but man, even in Florida, um, we go on that hunt that we'll do in in the panhandle, um, in February, you can rattle deer in all day long. Now they may, may all be small young deer and, um, they may not come in range, but man, I, uh, rattling and, 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 and grunting and even blind calling. Um, and I, I, I tend to do more blind calling than I do seeing a deer. Uh, a lot of times when you've laid eyes on one here in the South, it's too, they're almost too close to call to. Yeah. Um, um, but, but I have had a lot of success um, in, and probably seen deer that I wouldn't have seen uh, and, and know I've killed deer um, that I wouldn't have killed uh, had it not been for calling where, I know a ton of deer hunters, guys that I hunt with on a regular basis that don't even carry a grunt tube with them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. Like, it just seems like so commonplace that you would want to do that. But I know, I just know guys that that, that still have that old school mentality that it's it's just not going to work. And man, it, it, it can, it can turn a dud of a day into a, a, a heck of a day. Yeah. Are, Are there any particular calls that you would recommend or that you, you found usage out of? Yeah, so my my favorite uh, from from a rattling perspective is I love the flex tone. I guess they're called battle horns, battle bones. Yeah. Um, you know they they look like four four horns there. Um, you know I've tried rattling bags. I've I've rattled deer in with rattling bags, um, and they certainly pack up easier. They're uh, way easier to get wherever you need to go. But I I, I think you the, just the sound of those horns um, from at, at least for a fake set, right? I, I don't know that you could beat natural horns but sometimes those are i'm not trying to cut off a set of really nice deer horns to make some rattling horns you know what i mean yeah so um i i really like those those battle horns i've called uh man since i've started using those really which was probably 2019 um was really i I said i'm going to commit to it and kind of like proved to me that it doesn't work yeah um and and it did i killed you know a really nice deer that year with one the next morning after killing him I, I rattled in another nice deer that had i not killed the one the day before i would have shot him um and i've just stuck to it it's been i, I carry them with me year round pretty much even um even if i'm not going to use them because there might be a, a situation that, that that comes up and 
uh, they typically don't take up a lot of room. I think a lot of people think about the headache and how am I going to get stuff like that in? And I don't want to carry anything, but you know, if you, if, if you, they're not, they don't take anything to get in the woods and they've been a pretty good key. I, I rattled a couple of deer in Illinois up with them this year. So I, and I think they look cool, man. Right. They, you, you got four horns in your hand when you're rattling. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So the calls there, um, let's change topics just a bit and let's, okay. let's, let's do uh Turkey, uh, like a product related to Turkey hunting. Okay. Yeah. So, Oh man. Um, I'm, here's I'm what I'll say. Up. Here's what I'll say real quick though. The Midwesterner, you ask them, what do you love the most? They're going to tell you whitetails, right? You talk to yep. some guys in the South and they may choose, I don't know about you, but I know some guys who would probably choose turkey hunting over deer hunting. I know a lot of them. I know yeah. we, we, one of the things we do with every guest on our podcast is we ask them if they could only do you know, fishing or hunting for the rest of their life, which one would it be and why? And a number of the guys that have said hunting have specifically drilled down and said, have said turkey hunting. Yeah. Um, and, and those guys that they've got it in their blood. I, and I can understand it, man, when, you, when, when you're calling that turkey and, he, and he's gobbling and reacting and he comes in strutting, there is very, there are very few things in the woods like that. It is a cool experience. So I get that. Um, I'm not, I, I go a handful of times a year. Um, I kind of, uh, I, I, for whatever reason, um, it, it's just not something that's always, that's like you know, deer hunting, man. That's my thing. Um, I, I, like I said, I like turkey hunting. I go a couple times a year. Um, but one of the things, and this can go for deer hunting too, um, especially in the South. And now we're talking about Southern guys, um, and, and stuff that I would suggest that I, I don't know everybody uses, but man, a bino harness, um, or binoculars, yeah. optics. Yeah. Um, I, uh, a lot like the calls here, um, you know, in the South, people don't carry binoculars a lot with them. Number one, cause it's super thick. We, we don't have any, uh, there's not a lot of people that have property that they can see a hundred yards, right. Or, or further. Most everything here, you're, you're 60, 70 yards and you don't have time to grab your binoculars to look. You got to make a quick decision. Um, it's just, everything's so thick. Um, but Man, I actually transitioned away from a turkey vest this past year altogether um, and, and just kind of put kind of went minimalist, um, took my my bino harness, added a couple little molly attachments to, to carry the, the few calls I needed, grabbed a little thermo seat. Uh, I think that's what it's called, the little thermo seat cushion that I could clip on to to uh, to my belt. And uh, man, just being able to use those things, it's um you, you don't you don't realize how much you can see past the thick wall of stuff in front of you until you've got those optics in your hand um and actually um kind of saved a, a turkey hunt last year we, we didn't kill the turkey but uh would have never never seen the turkey had we not uh you know had the had the optics and kind of kind of spent some time looking around for it and it worked with me on a deer hunt this year where i would have probably blown a deer out of there um didn't didn't kill the deer but had an incredible encounter but would have blown him out if i didn't have the optics to kind of pick him out um beforehand so um that would be one as a southern hunter don't um you know don't overlook the fact that that they can be uh helpful even if you don't have a a, a ton of room to uh you know a ton of space that you can can see with them they can absolutely help they they've even helped me scouting where 
you know, sometimes you'll walk into a spot and you kind of think, you, you, you know, th this could be it, but you don't want to spend a lot of time walking around. If you're going to climb a tree, you can just kind of sit there and yeah. pick the woods apart with those binoculars and, and never have to really set foot and, and, and know where you kind of need to be. So you can be more decisive about, uh, you know, with your time in that area. So yeah. optics, man, that's a huge one for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And that's something, you know, something that I'm just kind of forcing myself to do, um, over the past couple of years. And, and, um, again, proving to, to trying to prove to myself that, that that I don't need them, and I won't I won't leave the the truck without them anymore. Yeah, and that's one of those things that's countrywide, right? I mean, uh, you know, uh, I look at a, a pair of optics as uh, almost another appendage, right? If yeah. I mean, I use my binoculars all the time. I mean, on a western hunt, all the time. On a a deer hunt, maybe not so much, only because I'm always in some place that's fairly tight. You know, very rarely am I in a position where I'm able to glass the terrain. But I will say this: I definitely, uh, I definitely would go back to the truck. And that's almost how I break it down. Like if I forgot something, would I turn around halfway to the stand and go back and get my bow? Yes. Arrows. Yes binoculars mm, yeah probably would just like the thermocell right you turn around you go back you know so yeah so yeah and i've done a couple of things to kind of force myself to it right like uh on my bino harness now and and i'm sure you know this is pro probably common for for people that do use them but you know i've, I've got my range finder there i've got a, a, another admin pouch with uh with my flashlight and wind floater on it so multiple things that i'm going to need in that hunt not just not just the binoculars right uh, multiple things so i'm more apt to okay put it on so i'm not taking stuff out and put it in pockets just just throw the thing on and carry it and then you've got i've got them there so i kind of have to force myself um it, to get into better habits with uh with little little tricks like that yeah absolutely any other turkey product or specific call or or uh, decoy or whatever that you would recommend for a, a southern guy Oh man, I, you know, I use, um, th th there's a local, uh, a local guy here that makes mouth calls. So I'll give him a shout out. Um, I think you can probably find him on Facebook, but it's, uh, branch water calls. I'm actually looking at a couple on my desk here. Um, and you know, I've, I've used a ton of the, um, you know, mass produced calls that you can get from, from any, any sporting goods store. And I, again, I'm not a, not going to win any Turkey calling, uh, competitions with it, but, um, man, the, the, uh, Got hooked up with this guy uh, from a good friend of mine who's one of those guys that would turkey hunt over deer hunt any day. Um, and they have become just a staple for me. They're as easy to blow and, and to get a, uh, a good sound out of as any call that I've ever found. Um, and he hand makes them right here along yeah. with a, a few other turkey things. So, yeah, just th that would be my thing. That the, the branch water, and I'm not particular to, to, to a ton of brands, right? I'm, I'm, um, and, and I pay for mine from him just like anybody else does. But Branch Water Calls, that's become my favorite over the past few years for sure. Yeah. And there, I'll tell you this. There is, a, and I will compare, I'll try to do my best to compare turkey calls to uh, turkey calls or, or game calls to, let's say, optics, right? You put your, you put your, I don't know, your eyes into a medium priced you know medium of the road medium priced uh optics and then you put your uh eyes into like a vortex or a swarovski 
it's completely different. You can tell it, the difference. Same, it's ridiculous yeah, how different it is. Yeah, yeah. and, and this, I, I look at the same with certain calls. And usually they revolve around a handmade Right. Like I've talked to like some, some handmade box calls versus some heavy manufacturer yeah. box calls or some, uh, some handmade, uh, diaphragm calls or whatever, whatever the scenario is, even grunt, even grunt tubes and things like that, dude, there is a, in my opinion, there is a big difference. Now you're paying more for some of these calls, but I don't know. I'm also. Under- yeah. And, and, and I'm with you. I'm, uh, I try to be a budget guy as much as I can. And if I can save a few dollars here and there, I do, but there are certain things, right. You get what you pay for. And, and, you know, we, you hear people talk about it with optics all the time. Um, and that Turkey call, that's kind of the same. You, you hit the nail on the head with that comparison, but for those things, it's not that you have to go out and spend, you know, all the money in the world, but, but, Find out what your budget is. Spend spend to the max of that, right? And you're, you're going to see the difference, and it'll pay off. Absolutely. I do have to ask you a question, though, because, man, I struggle with with finding a good grunt call. Man, the mass-produced things are just – they freeze up. They don't – if you get half – at least under my experience, if you get half of a season out of one, you've done pretty good. And, um, man, most of those are 19 20 bucks a pop anyway. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have any recommendations for a good – a good handmade grunt call. Well, I don't, I don't have a handmade grunt call, uh, or a, that, a better one. Yeah. So, so before I lose my train of thought, you know, we were talking about uh, turkey calls, and and so I was like, I I can notice the difference on a on a very high quality turkey call, right? I, I think they're better, but I don't use them, <laughs> dude. Turkey, in my opinion, a tom turkey if he's interested in coming into a call, will come in to me going, the worst, the worst sounding, like it doesn't even sound like a turkey, but they'll come into it if they're fired up. All right. So there's that. But, hey, and I've heard, and I've heard some Turks, some, some hens in the woods that um, sound worse than, you know, my calling. And, right. and they, tend, they tend to pull more gobblers in than I do. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> um, but when it comes to a grunt, like a grunt tube I have in the past, man, I can, I think it's been in the past. I'm going to say 12 years. Maybe it's even longer than that. I've only had two grunt calls in that period of time. And oh, wow. one I had for like 10 years. And then recently uh, I lost that one coming out of the woods or something. I, c- I couldn't find it. I don't know where it went. And it was the most realist. I don't even know the brand of it, uh, what it was. what Because I, I bought it, like the first thing I ever bought, I'm sure it was cheap. And it sounded really good. I mean, it sounded really good. And I, I, I kept going with it, going with it. There was times where after a while, after several years, if it got cold, I had to breathe in it first yep. in order to warm yep. up the reed so it would fire. And then what I, what I lost it, so I went into a Gander Mountain. And I opened up like, like, I don't know, seven or eight different boxes and was blowing in every one of these grunt <laughs> tubes looking for something that compared to it. And the, the, and I've told this story before, but the kid, he was like a high schooler come up to me and he's like, Hey, I don't think you're supposed to open those up. And I said, like, I don't remember what I said to him, but I, I said like, I'm going to do whatever I want. 
and and then he just turned around and left right so he, he was like i'm just not gonna mess with this guy and so i i i sounded every one of them off and i ended up going with a it was a bone collector one i don't okay i, mean, I don't know they're they're probably partnered with somebody but i don't know who it was but it's a bone collector one it's got a snort wheeze built into it i don't use that but it sounds really deep really good you can like manipulate it a little bit if you want but uh it's it and it works man i mean this year alone this year alone i turned i turned three bucks my way you know they were by themselves it was the perfect opportunity to do the hit them once with it sounded realistic and they turned and they came in to investigate so you know take take that with a grain of salt i I think it's uh i think it's a, a decent one Fair enough. I've, I've, I've used some, some of theirs before. Um, and, and the freezing thing, that's, that's where I have a problem. And man, even hunting in the South, when you get in January and we finally get some of those cold temperatures here and a couple of, you grown on it a couple of times, you go to grab it again and no noise comes out of it. And, and and that just scares me to death. If, if, if I'm grabbing it the one time, uh, to, to do just what you talked about, just hit that buck that you see. And, uh, you may only have a split second to get his attention. If that thing doesn't work, man, that, I actually have started, I've got two in my pack right now. I've got a, a flex tone um, that I've had a couple of years that sounds great, but it just, it, it'll stick um, in the, when it, when it doesn't need to. And the one that I picked up this year, I think it's the illusion system is what it's called. And it's got a slide on it that keeps it from, from sticking, but doesn't sound as good as the other one. So, you know, it's kind of damned if you do damned if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I'm sure I overthink things like that and they all would do a, a a good job, but I'm also the kind of guy who, if it, if it works for me, I'm going to stick with it. I don't like to change up my, you know, change up my gear all the time. I I like to stick with what works. And, um, and if I'm going to, I don't know, over the past five years, I've really been experimenting with my clothing and my layering to find what works the best for me in the terrain that I hunt. And so that's the, like, but now that I've, I've kind of figured it out, I'm not really, uh, not really, I don't know. I don't, I don't mess with this, uh, my gear anymore as much as I used to. Yeah. And I I guess that would be, um, you know, a good, a a good tip. um, especially like with, with new hunters and we, you know, we have a lot of interaction in our podcast with newer guys and you, and it's real easy to get caught up in, and just, oh, yeah. you know, having the, the, the newest fad or, or, or the newest piece oh, yeah. of uh, brand name. Right. And, you know, if you've got something that's comfortable, right. You know, I know guys that have been hunting out of climbers forever and, um, you know, that they, they ask me about, you know, what it's like hunting out of a saddle and, they don't have any complaints, any issues with their climber. Well, don't change it, man. If you're successful and you're good, man, don't change it. Worry about something else that you have, you know, that, that you struggle with, right, in your gear, your setup, or your approach, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And um, I'm kind of like you. I've, I've kind of finally got to slow down on some of the things that I was tinkering with, it seemed like, daily um, because I finally feel good about it. And, and the second you get away from it, you realize why you – why you liked it before. So if you got something that works, um, don't get caught up in, in the fad and, and, and kind of keep the confidence where you can and, and, and then work on the, you know, tweak the areas that you need to, but if it works, stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, man, we're coming here towards the end of the, the episode. Are there any other products that you would, uh, say are a staple 
for the Southern hunter, the Southern outdoorsman? Um, man. Uh, yeah, my last one is going to be kind of a, a little different, but man, stay, stay hydrated. I'm also kind of a little fitness buff here. Um, and, and, and man, it's real easy to get, you know, into a hunting trip or into hunting season, um, and, and just kind of be focused on, uh, you know, fast food or, or, or a Coke instead of a, or a beer instead of a, a bottle of water. But one of, I never, I will go back to the truck. Um, if I forgot a bottle of water or, or something to keep me hydrated, I've actually transitioned to a, a small hydration pack and kind of keep it filled up with me. So it, I've always got it at my, my fingertips, but um, yeah, whether it's 90 degrees or, or 20 degrees outside, man, when you're, when you're kind of getting after it, especially, you know, if it's one of those trips that you're three or four days after it and, um, you know, constantly spending time in the stand, doesn't take long to get dehydrated. And, uh, you know, I, I would, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my bottle of water. I carry a jug with me everywhere I go. Um, I think it's uh, probably a, a wise idea. If you're spending a lot of time, we talked about fishing earlier, you know, on the hot water, um, stay hydrated. Just the simple things, man. And it, it can, it, it can turn a, uh, it, it can make sure that your your trips uh, stay as they should instead of maybe you getting a little out of whack there. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, uh, great advice. I tell you what, I've been on uh, I've been on a western hunt where my water ran out and I was like two miles from the truck. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but I was that's enough. I was wrecked by the time I got yeah. back to the truck, and uh, I then I just I, and I never caught up with. I mean, I was, I was drinking, I drank, uh, I think two liters that night after I got back and the next morning, you know, I brought my water with me and I was still, I mean, that died, yeah. that dehydration, once it hits, it takes a long time. It's easy. Yeah. To, it's yeah. Easy once to it's get there, back. it's almost yeah. too late. So yeah, just, you know, uh, and, and yeah, just, just carry one with you in a 16 ounce bottle. You can throw that in your pack and, and stay pretty good. And man, you can get a cheap hydration pack. Um, you know, for, I think the backpack I use is from Academy, like $20, man. And I can pack my saddle stuff, everything on it, compress it down with a couple straps and roll. And Absolutely. I've got you know, two and a half liters of water everywhere I go. Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Rick Hall, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and, and chat with us about all this gear. And uh, man, and it's down south, man. The, the rut is just getting started, it sounds like. So good luck the rest of the season, man. Yeah, man, I'm actually, as soon as we hang up, headed to Bama to start scouting, and we'll be after them uh, from now till mid-February. So uh, stay tuned. Maybe we'll have some good success stories to see your way. Absolutely, man. Hey, thanks again, man. Hey, cool. I appreciate you, Dan. <laughs>